Yep. It is Jordan. It is episode 45. Welcome to the Chocolate Croissants podcast. Uh, this episode is uh, a solo performance interview-wise by Matthew J. Halpern as he interviews his tour manager, uh, and not only Periphery's tour manager, but tour manager of a bunch of bands in the past, including Dillinger Escape Plan, Animals as Leaders, Say Ocean, and more. His name is Matt Rosenblum, but if you know him well enough, you can call him Rosie, apparently. Uh, and I am fucking pissed that I missed this conversation uh, because listening to it, uh, I think it's about an hour and a half. I've listened to well over an hour so far. Uh, I just see a lot of myself in Rosie. Uh, he is someone that I really identify with. Uh, he is someone that always had a passion in music. And not only that, but just a work ethic to find his way uh, towards creating a career in music. He has done that. If you are a musician or really a creative of any kind, I highly recommend this episode for you. Uh, he really just puts the two things together that I think uh, really boil down to having success. Uh, especially in a creative field, and that's work ethic and relationships. He seems to really have a, a, a solid understanding of uh, of these concepts and, and how to apply them in a genuine way. Uh, Matt, for many months, has been saying, yo, we got to get Rosie on the podcast. And we finally made it happen this past week. And it's a shame uh, Justin and I couldn't have done it. Uh, Justin had uh, some emergency, uh, I don't think surgery, his dog had, had some issue with a toenail. So, uh, shout out to the, uh, to the dog over there. And, uh, for me, I've just been knee deep, if, if that's the right term in, in ring of honor work. Uh, it's been really, really rewarding. Uh, but that's kind of, uh, I guess what you sign up for when you try to take on, uh, a bunch of dream jobs all at once. But Hey, I now produce commercials and I saw three of them, on TV for the first time. So that's something I never thought would be possible five months ago. Point being, if you're listening to this, whatever you have a vision for, and even if you don't have a vision, if you just have some sort of like general passion or feeling, like anything is fucking possible. Uh, I'm living proof of that, as is Justin, as is Matt, and as is Rosie, uh, the episode 45 guest today. Very briefly, I want to give some love to our sponsor for this episode, Nata Tattoo. Hey, they came back. Good for them. Uh, And we're really, really appreciative of that. Um, Nata Tattoo. So who are they? What are they? They are a certified, all-natural, all-vegan, and all-organic tattoo care brand. Uh, The Tattoo Care Kit, that's like the big thing at their website, Uh, and it covers all steps from how to treat and protect your fresh tattoos all the way to keeping them healthy and looking great even when they're fully healed. Uh, Matt can speak uh, more poignantly to this as he is a user of the Nata Tattoo uh, products for his like vast array of tattoos all over his body. Um, so whether you have existing tattoos or you're, or you're in the process of getting fresh ones or know someone who is, hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. This is a perfect opportunity. Uh, we at Chocolate Croissants would recommend giving Nata Tattoo a try. Uh, and because you are a loyal Chocolate Croissants listener, they've been kind enough to hook you up with a 25% off discount code on, check it out, anything in their store. So how do you find the store? Go online, you can Google Nata Tattoo or visit the URL nat-a-t-t-a-t and the number 
Com, or more simply, just click the link in the episode description of your podcast app or browser right now. So you go to natatattoo.com, you check out the products, you get to the checkout cart, and you want to put in CHOCOLATE25. That is CHOCOLATE in all caps, followed by the numbers 2 and 5 uh, at checkout, and you get 25% off anything in the store. Uh, they're also on social media at natatattoo, the number 2. Uh, check them out. We really have, one, been been supported greatly by them, which is amazing. Justin and Matt first met them at a health expo many, many months ago, which is how the relationship started. And they had nothing but really amazing uh, amazing things to say about the, the company's founder, Christy, and just the company in general, uh, including the products. So we highly recommend you check in Nada Tattoo out. Okay, uh, everything I'll do on the back end of this episode, but for now, you will be enjoying episode 45 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast with Matt, Rosie, Rosenblum, with Matt Halpern. Enjoy. Here we go. One, two, three. That'll give us a lineup. All right. So, hi guys. I'm here with Matt Rosenblum, um, otherwise known as Rosie. For those that have the privilege to call him that, you can call him Rosie. Uh, hi, Rosie. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me tonight. Of course. I got my tea. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> ready to go. That's good. Um, so for those that are just tuning in, Matt is sort of a jack of all trades at this point in the music industry. Um, he is a musician himself. He is a accomplished and well-known tour manager. He has done merch for tons of bands. He is managing bands outside of tour managing. Um, you are running and managing venues. You're setting up stages. I mean, I, I, what did I miss? Uh, my new one this year is festival production. <laughs> That's my new one for 2018. So I'm just diving deeper and deeper in, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you have a ton of experience, obviously, in music. Um, and what I really wanted to try to accomplish today with our conversation was really just to... to tell your story, have you tell your story, um, because a lot of our listeners are musicians or they want to work in music, and um, I think they can learn a ton from you. I have literally watched you evolve into the person you are today, both professionally and personally, and over the past, what, when did we start working together? In 2013? It's been been five, yeah, pretty much five solid years. So 2013. So over the past five years, I've seen dramatic changes again, not only um, personally, but, but professionally. I mean, you've really upped your game and I don't think there's any secret to that aside from you really taking it seriously and putting in serious work. Um, so we can talk about that, but, um, I think a good place to start the conversation for, for the listeners who really don't know you is to just kind of give some background on how you got into music in general, how you became interested in working in music or performing in music. And like, what were some of those first jobs, um, that got you on the path that you're on? 
Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, and I feel like it's been, you know, probably much like yourself. It was something that was literally always in my life. Um, you know, I think when I was younger, you know, in middle school and high school, I didn't really know what else to do besides music. Like that was, you know, that was what you did. You did music, you know, like I played sports and then I, I picked up a guitar and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, <laughs> and you just kind of know, like you feel that when you're younger. And then as you go through high school and, you know, you do all your, your projects and you're honing your craft and you're in bands and you're learning and everything. And then you're getting ready for the next chapter after that. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I like this, so I'm going to go do this. I like this, but I'm going to go do this. And music is fun, but, you know, people are usually, I think there's a stigma around it that people now so more than ever are, like, afraid to get into uh, a career in music in one way or another. And uh, that may be true for people who, you know, only are dead set on one aspect of it. You know, it might be a little more difficult, but if you've got, like, an open mind and you got the the work ethic, there's, there's no reason to be afraid of uh of jumping into a career in music like it's really it's it's about the drive you know the education is one thing but the drive and the passion you know that's that's really what's going to take you to where you want to be um so i was doing the usual i was playing in in high school bands and i was kind of like learning and doing everything like diy you know i uh, i don't know if a lot of people know but i grew up in jersey so like all these bands you know, that are, I got to watch firsthand, you know, a lot of these bands grow around, you know, the scene. So, uh, I was a little young at the time, but you know, my chemical romance and, and gaslight anthem and Thursday and Dillinger escape plan and all these bands were, you know, when I was younger, they were doing the small clubs and then you go on and you check in in a few years and they're doing, you know, theaters or stadiums and all that. So, it was just such a good, good place to be brought up around music because there was so much drive. You're like, wow, did you hear about, you know, so-and-so they're, they're doing this now. And you're like, well, shit, if they're doing it, I can do it, you know? Um, <clears throat> but when it come t- uh, came time to go to school, uh, I didn't know what else to do. I literally was one of those people. If this is, you know, if anyone out there is the same, you are not alone. Uh, I just didn't know anything else to do besides music. I was like, I don't know, you know, if I don't do this, I don't know what's out there for me. You know, I got to figure something out. So uh, my parents were very, very supportive. And they're like, just go to school and do something. You know, fi- <laughs> you can figure out whatever you want to do later. You got you got the drive. Go and do, do what you want to do, you know. Uh, so I went to school, um, William Patterson in New Jersey. Uh, I got my degree in music management and um, uh, emphasis in classical guitar performance. Um, and school was, I'll say this for anyone debating if they want to go to, and granted, this is not, I'm not like a, you know, a Berkeley dude. I'm not putting down Berkeley at all. It's, you know, all these performance schools are amazing, but anyone who might not be a performer and they want to go for another aspect of the industry, uh, go to school and learn all you can soak it up. But there's nothing, there's no better experience than going out and doing I don't know if I can swear on here, but doing the fucking thing, you know, like if you want to, you know, if you want to work at a label, like go to school, learn. And then as soon as you can go start your own label or go work in a label as like an intern or something. If you want to, you know, work in live music go to your local venue or theater and just get whatever job you can work for. I started working for free, like go out and work for free and hone your craft and learn and just soak it all in. <clears throat> but, um, not to digress too far yet, but, um, so in school I was still playing, 
um, you know, kind of cruised my way through college, uh, and then got out and realized, okay, like, like everyone else does, they're like, what next, you know, let's do this. Well, so, so let me ask you a question before we move on. Um, because there are people who I think struggle as creatives, uh, or as artists to, they, they wonder and their parents wonder, like, is it worth it to go to school? And if so, what should I study? And my personal advice has always been, okay, if you can, if you, let's say you're a drummer or you're a guitar player, if you can gig outside of school and take lessons outside of school, but you have an opportunity to go to school and learn another skill that could help you, I would, I personally always encourage that. Like if you have the chance to go to college, um, unless you really want to go study music theory to become a teacher or uh, something like that, like I always encourage people to go to school and learn another skill like music or, or general business or marketing or yeah. anything like that. Oh, for sure. You know? So, I, I mean, do you feel the same way that like if, if someone came to you and said, Hey, I have a chance to go to school or I could go tour in a band. What do you recommend? I mean, that is a loaded question, <laughs> you I know, know but, I mean, the, <laughs> but it's the question we get all the time. It is. And there's no, there's really no one direct answer. Is there like, there's so many, there's a million variables of like involved in both, you know? And what I would say now, like, honestly, I hate to be that dude. I don't want to discourage anyone from going to school, but like, if you've got if you got an opportunity and you got the passion and school's going to be there any like any time, I know it doesn't get easier when you get older to go to school, but it's there. It's not going anywhere. You know, you can like people in their, their late twenties or early thirties can go to school. You can get a degree, you know, online if you needed to, or you could figure it out. But uh, certain opportunities I feel like literally don't come along that often. And I actually, I'm glad you asked that because I've been thinking about this a lot lately as I've just, uh, and this isn't a whole nother topic too, but I've just started a new band as you know, um, you know, the, the whole, that side of, of music and, and grinding from the ground up is a young man's game. <laughs> so if you're, yeah, if you're young and you're hungry and you've got an opportunity in front of you, I would honestly say like, get you go and do it, but you give 110% and you do not like give up for anything, like whatever is in your way, you have to strive through it. And you know what? You do it. And if it works out, great. Keep going. If it doesn't, school's still there. Like it'll, it's not going anywhere, you know? But at the same time, if, you know, if, if someone's asking, uh, you know, and they've got these, these skills that can really be honed, you know, other where besides the road, then yeah, go to school, you know, don't, don't not go to school because you might tour or like your friends want to jump in the van and, and go and you want to lose a lot of money and, you know, just have the experience. You can take a road trip. You can do like a, a summer tour. You don't need to put your life on pause for that stuff. So yeah, it's really, it's, you know, I think that was my question. It, it, like, because there's people who will say I'm really passionate, but I, there's no one else around me who's as passionate as me. Um, and I'm young and I want to do this, but I don't know where to go, but I do have an opportunity to go to school and learn something. What do you suggest I do? You know? And, and I always say like, if you don't have this big opportunity in front of you and you're not willing to get up and move to a place where shit is happening, which yeah. a lot of people aren't like a lot of people want to build something in their hometown. Um, then go to school. 
and learn oh, something that sure. you, you know, maybe you'll make connections, maybe you'll network, maybe you'll meet someone <clears> there. But um, I guess it's like you said, like if you just want to hop in the van and have a good time, like do have a, take a road trip. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's kind of different now. Like I feel like when we were younger, you know, in the late nineties and early two thousands, like, you know, all the, it was, it was a different time in the industry and, you know, bands out of high school were getting like cherry picked, you know, and they were putting out these records that were, you know, having huge success off the bat. And those guys could, they had that decision to make like, okay, I just graduated high school and my record is, is selling like thousands of copies a week. Like, what do we do? Like, you know, and those, a lot of them chose to get in the van and go, and they're still doing music 10, 15, 20 years later because of it. And I respect that. Um, but yeah, like you said, now, you know, if you don't have that outlet, <clears throat> then you go, go to school and hone a craft. And, you know, you just blew my mind with that, that notion that you can go and, and learn another, like learn something that's going to help you. Maybe it's not direct, but even if it's indirect, you know, if that's going to help you later on, then do it and learn now. And the, and people will come if you're, you know, if you're talented and you're, uh, you know, a good person and you're able to reach out to other people, like, you know, the uh, word gets out. The internet is a vast place. You know, you can, that, that will come later. Like you focus on yourself and on your skills and your craft first. And then, you know, then worry about all that later. You'll find people, they'll, they'll come to you even, you know, if you've got like the, the drive and the, and the skill, they'll, they'll be coming to you and you can make that happen. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the internet because Obviously, the internet is a great place to to distribute your music and you know post content and 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 let people know what you do, you know, from a creative perspective. But um, would would you agree or disagree that the real um, the real relationships, the real network, and the real opportunities are built outside the internet? They're built in person. Oh, for yeah, for sure. <clears throat> So I, I, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Can you, so can, and that's, that's kind of where I want to go with this because I think a lot of people from what I see are scared to get out there. They're scared to have conversations. They get intimidated easily. They're not confident enough, you know, in themselves. There's a lot of people that want to hide behind their phones or their computers. And then they're wondering why they can't build relationships. And they're even asking like, well, how can I build a relationship with email? How can I build a relationship on Facebook? Well, I don't know if you can, I mean, to some degree, but like, if you really want to get out there, you got to do it in person. And that's what I've seen you do. It's it's all, yeah, it's all face to face. I don't know how to use the internet, dude. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, uh, I think it's a great tool and it's like literally blowing my mind how a lot of the models have changed now based on the internet. And I don't want to go too far off off topic, but I think one of the negative sides is, you know, people who are, are blowing up because of the internet and then they do have these opportunities to you know to get get FaceTime with people whether it be you know in the industry or an audience or like on a tour with a uh, you know uh, other bands and crew that are you know well seasoned and they don't know what to do they're not prepared you know because all their success was was based on the internet and then they get out there and they uh, they just don't know. Like no one's taught them those, you know, those lessons. Whether you learn them in school or whether you learn them, you know, DIY road. You know. Well, and that's. I guess that's that's a where I want to kind of get back to your story and the evolution because I know that you built your career based off of brick and mortar opportunities and physical in real life 
opportunity. So you obviously went to school. Um, were you working uh, while you were in school or were you performing classical guitar while you were in school and performing other bands? Yeah, uh, kind of all of the above. Um, so I was, you know, going through school, I was working you know, my real job was in the kitchen, you know, as we always joke about this, like I spent my whole youth, <laughs> like waiting tables and, you know, cooking in the kitchen and all this stuff. How valuable uh, is that though? And, and dude, it is so, <laughs> it is like one of the best, you know, I, at the time I was kind of, I, I always have like this love hate relationship with my, uh, my past in the, you know, the food service industry, but the skills you learn, like whether it's bartending or waiting tables or like even just working in a, in a, you know, a medium to high pressure kitchen or something, it's like invaluable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and maybe, and maybe that is a tip for someone who needs to learn to get in front of other people. Like go, you know, even if you end up quitting and you need, like, if you need a job, go get a job as a waiter or a bartender and just see what it's like to interact with that many people under, you know, not pressure, but you know, you're, you're performing a job. It's like, try, try it out. There's your FaceTime. There's your yeah. practice getting FaceTime. And you, never you have to talk to hundreds of strangers tonight. Yeah. yeah. yeah you like, you could have five tables at once and every single table has a different personality and a different kind of right. Right. Respond to you and a different, it's just, you never know. It's like, yeah. Two people on a date are a lot different than a family. It's like getting paid to be in a public speaking class. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So you were, so you worked in, in the food industry, the service yeah, industry exactly. rather, when you were in school. Yeah. But when did you start really doing music? Uh, it was around that, in terms of, of playing, I think it was about that time in college, uh, I got the opportunity to join a band from New Jersey called The Banner, uh, which was kind of like, kind of mind-blowing for me at that age, because I was a fan, like that was a band that I saw, you know, all through my youth, and uh, getting to play with them, you know, it was, it was like the band where you learn all the shit that you need to know about being in a band, about like building some kind of rig, about writing songs, you know, that are actually going to be put out on a, on a record, you know, or about, you know, playing shows with bigger bands and learning etiquette or touring etiquette and stuff like that. So that was really kind of like the band that helped me cut my teeth. Cause they were all, you know, they were great friends. They're all a little older than me. I was kind of able to just like soak in everything that they had done um, and kind of see, you know, how things should be done, maybe how they shouldn't be done, you know, at that age. That was pretty invaluable. Um, so I was playing with them, uh, but it was kind of at the time a little inactive. So, you know, I... I wanted to, this is kind of where I started work in college in the industry because I just wanted a job. I was, you know, a music management major, <clears throat> honestly, like not to say I'm not knocking college, but my college unfortunately did not challenge me enough, you know, where I, I, I needed more. So I got an internship at uh, a venue in New Jersey, uh, about a 2,500 seat theater. Um, and I just wanted in, I was like, I don't care. Like I'll do literally anything. And they're like, okay, you want to intern? Like, come on in. First show is Leonard or not Leonard. Yeah, it was Leonard Skitter. Yeah, in November of like two thousand and nine, I wanna say, or something, two thousand eight or nine, or <clears throat> so, so I interned there for months and did like literally, you know, in show production you've got like the the hierarchy of, of positions and like I would do anything like you know, that intern level, man, like whatever it was, I'd show up there first thing in the morning, I'd work, you know, 
13, 14 hour day, you like go home and then you go like, when's the next gig, you know? So that's really where it all started. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, that's the work <laughs> ethic right there like, Yeah, that I, that I'd see, you know, you, um, exhibit on a daily basis on tour. You're the first one up and you're the last one to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so that was kind of, that was like cutting my teeth and like real deal production. You know, it was, it was a beautiful venue. It had, you know, a, a big name. I don't know if we can add, like, is it appropriate to name, <laughs> name corporate names on it? Sure. You know, it was, uh, oh, it was, um, at the time it was a Bowery venue, which was later bought out by live nation, right. uh, Bowery presents, which is now, uh, partnered with AEG on the East coast, or maybe nationwide actually, yep. uh, for anyone who doesn't know, they were big, um, promoter and talent buyer on the East coast. So, um, that's really, you know, I, the most important thing I could say, and then this goes back to what we spoke about earlier, you know, if you want to learn, go do it for, I always say, go do it for free. Be willing to do it for free first because people will not turn down free. Most of the time people will not turn down free help, even if it's manual labor, like, you know, willing to work for free and you've got a good attitude, you're going to get work. Yeah. So do it for free and keep your eyes and your ears open at all times, just so literally soak it in, you know, like shadow people, like whatever it is you want to do. If you're, you know, into audio, like you, you know, just listen, just listen to the guys on stage listen to the production manager, listen to, you know, uh, anyone there. And you just kind of learn if you're into the business side, listen to the general manager, listen to the house manager, you know, and just soak it all in. And, uh, you know, I did that for a while and eventually they started paying me and there's your position. You know, I got, I got a job there, worked there. And jumped around, you know. How did that happen? Like, what was what was what was the big transitional moment, and and what was the the transition from? Was it intern to what? Uh, I think I was. I think I I was considered a. We called it a production assistant. Uh, it was kind of like one job wrapped up. I guess you know, in uh, the most basic terms, it was a runner, but um, it was also like kind of assisting. You know, usually like on a bigger production, you know, your runner is just in coordination with the tour manager. They send them out whatever you need. They come back, send them out. And this was like a little more in depth where, you know, you, I got to work with like the head of hospitality and learned as much from her. I'd hang out with the director of production and learn from him, you know, and sit up, you know, by the general manager's office and kind of just like listen and learn. Um, but I guess, yeah, I'd call it a runner, you know, starting there, starting at the, the bottom, you know, um, runner and doing a house merch, you know, it was kind of like those bigger productions you have, you know, these artists who, you know, fly in or they don't travel with merch. So well, they travel with merch, not a merch seller. Um, right. So, you know, you get hired in and I got to sell for guys like Al Green and, um, you know, a bunch of like artists like that who might not necessarily have a seller on tour. They don't have a traditional crew, you know? Right. Um, so from there, you know, the company, so the transition really was, Hey, you did this for like the last three months for free. Like you passed, you know? <laughs> yeah. And obviously you did good work that I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that, Well, that's here. it. That's how, you know, if you don't do good work, you're not going to get asked back. Like that's pretty quick, you know, like it's a pretty small geographically, like in terms of production, it's like a small, same thing with musicians, small circle, you know, you know who the good players are, you know, who the, you know, players to that maybe aren't so good are like, uh, it's the same deal in production. Like if you're good, it's going to spread and people are going to want to hire you. So everything you do is kind of like, 
um, a representation of yourself, I guess, if that makes sense, you know, everything from your attitude, how you talk to people, how you do your job. Um, and people take notice of that, you know? So let me ask you a question. When is the right time in that scenario as a intern or even as like the production assistant, when is the right time to ask questions about the job or is the best policy to just literally keep your mouth shut and keep your ears open? Do you mean like, like, um, like what if you like, like, did you ever get 10 minutes with the GM or the production manager or the, the hospital, the head of hospitality where like you just kind of went for it and asked, Hey, every, every chance you get, man, like I don't, you know, a lot of people are shy about it and you kind of play off, you know, the personalities of the people you're asking. But for the most part, like every chance you get, I don't care if I annoy someone like, and if I have to come up and be like, Hey, sorry, I like, I'll even start off by saying like, Hey, you got a few minutes. I got to annoy you with some questions because I need to learn, you know? So I say every chance you get, like, you know, if you just stay super quiet, you know, listening is great, but you got to ask quite if you're curious, you know, unless you can get on Google and look up your answer, like never be afraid to ask, you know, at any level, you know, um, I always, and even now, you know, working with people under me, I always tell them like, do not, there's really no such thing as a stupid question. you like, I'd rather you ask, come to me and ask, and we'll figure it out rather than not being too scared to like, I feel like people tend to be afraid of looking stupid by asking questions. And I feel like you got to get rid of that shit. Like you got to be like, Hey, I need to know. Let's, let's figure this out. So, and you even say like, sorry, I don't know. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This might be a dumb question, but I got to ask it because I truly don't know. So hopefully you can help me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had experience with that too. And I've, you know, um, I've seen, you know, I've, I've been around with you guys long enough and I, I always see like, I, I love watching you guys do your clinics and, uh, you know, getting to interact with your fans and people, but I always get so frustrated when they're afraid to ask questions, you know, right. <laughs> and I see and then they come up after and I'm like, yo, you got questions. Like you don't be scared, man. Like go ask, you know, I don't care if there's like a hundred people here. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna laugh at you. Like no one's gonna, you know, think you're dumb. Like ask, you know, Yeah. that's, that's to me, that's always how you learn. You know, I got to learn everything the hard way too. So it's, it's better now I'm trying to learn in my older age that like, okay, let's figure this out before I do it the wrong way or the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was talking with, with, um, Natalie, my girlfriend earlier, just about how, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get, um, yeah. because there's a lot of things that I, I think I embarrass her sometimes in certain situations, but like I ask for things, I take it, you know, I, I go the next step or I take it to the next step, um, in a situation where, um, you know, uh, someone else might not be like willing to, to just kind of ask the funny question or the dumb question or ask for the favor. But yeah, you know, just as well as I do, like most of the time, if you ask, you'll probably get some variation of a yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know what people that like, people always say, you know, the term it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Like I, I never subscribe to that shit. Like, I just think that's stupid because after the fact, like then that person's pissed at you. If you need to ask for permission, that means you fucked up, you know, and someone's not happy with you. So why not figure it out before it happens? You know, I don't know. That's just me though. (laughs) Well, no, I I think you're right. I think it kind of depends on the scenario too. Like we know now after, um, 
I think specifically in touring, like there's a big difference um, where you fall in the lineup on a tour um, that determines how you kind of fall in that in that area. It's like if you're the headliner, sure, maybe uh, maybe you can like ask for forgiveness, you know, rather than permission. But if you're not the headliner, it's probably not a good idea to go for it without asking, you know, and, and sure, you know, and it's not going to do anything but piss everyone off, you know? <laughs> right. And I'm saying that because I've seen that. We both have seen that scenario so many times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I always ask for something. What's the worst that's going to happen? Like someone says, no. Okay. Well then I, 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 I'm back where I started, you know, like, um, and, and I'm not wondering, could I have gotten, um, uh, could I have leveled up in some way had I asked and kicked myself for not doing it versus asking and, and just simply knowing the answer? And it's like, okay, either yes or no. Right. You know? I will say, though, I will say there is like a line that you gotta, there's a fine line that you gotta draw. Like if you're in that position, like I was an, I was an intern, I just wanted to learn. No one was gonna be like, Oh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything because I didn't know anything. I was like 19 or something like 20, you know? Um, but now like as you get older and you get in a position, there's definitely a line where once you ask a certain amount of questions, it's like a red flag, you know, it's like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, you know? So you really, I think the other hat, like the other side of that coin, which is something I, you know, I try to adopt myself and I recommend it. Everyone is like, figure like figure it out you don't know it don't cry don't don't complain about it don't go like asking a million other people like you sit there and you figure it out and that's how you get the job done and that's how you've seen me get many jobs done it's like you know what i've never been in this situation but we're gonna figure it out right now (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, some tough situations too yeah it's funny i can't as we talk about i can't even think off the top of my head of like any specific one but i feel like every day at least on tour there's a whole new set of challenges in a whole new venue with a whole new group of people and um you got a very minimal amount of time to solve problems that is basically what your job is on tour you are you are the head problem solver pretty much yeah (laughs) it's called just putting out fires you know (laughs) yeah i mean every day it's it's something different and it's so rare that like you'll come on the bus at the end of the night and be like, that was the smoothest day ever. (laughs) Yeah. You know what this, it's, there's good and bad, you know, there's good days and bad days. And we tend to, you know, have way more smoother days than we do rough ones. But yeah, it's always going to be that situation. But, you know, you just, uh, you just figure that you, what do you like? What's the alternative? Like, just be like, I quit. You know, oh, there's too many problems. I quit. You know, then this isn't for you, basically. Like, and that's what I tell people who want to get, you know, like I told you earlier, like the biggest question, not to tangent off again, but biggest question I'm asked, you know, when I'm on tour is like, how do I do that job? Like, how do I, how do I get that job or this job or whatever? And, you know, it's, it's so much more, um, I don't know what you would think the, the percentage is, but it's so much like personality involved in doing that job. Like if you can't handle like pressure, if you can't, you don't want to have to make decisions all the time. If you don't want to have to, you know, do any of the factors that go into, you know, especially touring, then it maybe not for you, you know? Well, and that's, that's why I brought up the whole, um, 
human interaction thing and getting out there and being around other people and physically putting yourself in the place of, of work, you know, um, because you need to be able to not only interact with people, but you need to actually have the right mindset, have the right kind of personality. And I'm not, by no means do any of us have the same personality, but there are similar traits um, across the board with people that are successful in this industry. And um, we see it time and time again, you know, the ones who are true professionals kind of all have that same kind of um, set of ethics, perhaps, is maybe how right. I put it. Um, but anyway, or, or values. But okay, so obviously, you know, you were working in a venue, um, you know, in, in town. At some point, you decided, I want to go on tour. <clears throat> oh, that was always the plan, you know, and like a lot of other. <clears throat> A lot of other musicians, I just wanted a tour. I was one of those guys. Like, get me out of this town. Get me on the road. Like, I wanted to see. I, I always felt like getting paid to, uh, you know, to travel was, like, the biggest win in my life, you know? <laughs> but did so, you want to do it as a musician? Like, oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. Like, that was, there's no, and I still say to this day, and we'll probably get down to this a little further down the line, but, you know, not only playing music, playing music, you know, is so gratifying. It's so personally gratifying to everyone, you know, uh, getting paid to play music is like literally, there's nothing like it. Like anyone who's, I hope, and you know, I always, I say this to everyone, like, I hope anyone who does it just like fucking cherishes that because it's literally the best feeling. And, you know, mine was, albeit short lived, but I, you know, I know, what it feels like on a smaller scale. And it's, it's so amazing. But, um, you know, I, I know a lot of musicians who once their, their, their music career kind of peters off, they're like, you know, some of them want to stay in music and some of them are just like, well, I'm going to go be a mechanic, you know, or I'm going to go do and that. That's fine. Like whatever your passion is, that's your passion. But to me, um, I was like, well, you know, if I'm not going to play music, like I'm going to work, I'm going to work in music. And I'll, I'll kind of tell you why, um, not to get all sentimental, but like when I was younger <clears throat> going to, and I'm sure, you know, you were the same way. Like I was obsessed with going to a show, like going to see live music. I was that I bought like the tickets the day they went on sale. I still have like a whole jar of my, my past show stubs. And like every day, like through high school, I was like, ah, next week's the show, like five days to the show, four days to the show. And, uh, you know, as I got older, I was like, man, I want to be able to give that experience to other people. Like that's where I get my passion from. It's like putting on this show and seeing, you know, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand or, you know, however many people are there, like we're giving them an experience. Like we're, <clears throat> we're giving them an escape from whatever bullshit they have going on during the day or in their life. They are paying money to come see you know, these, these people play and kind of just escape from fucking reality, you know? And that's like the best feeling to me is like seeing people just stoked for just like a few hours a night, just like that. We made their month, you know, we made however long they've been waiting for that show. We gave them that experience. So I love that experience so much as a kid that I was like, well, if I, if I can't play giving people that experience, I at least want to work and still give be a, a part of the team that gives this experience, you know? Yes. Was there a, dis, uh, uh, a definitive point where you decided that, or, or whether something happened or uh, whatever the, the catalyst was that you transitioned from, um, well, if I can't 
play guitar and tour, I'm going to work. Like what happened or, or was there an experience or was it just timing? Like, look, I need to get out of here. So this is what's available. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a little of both, you know, and not to, not to jump too much in like the, the wide array of, of, jobs I've had. I don't want to call them professions, but, um, you know, I, I spent a few years of my life, like jumping around to different jobs, all still while working in, like in music, but, um, you know, I, I tried some different things out and I was working these jobs and I was like, man, this, this is so not for me. Like I can't punch the clock in like this nine to five. And I worked a lot in sales, which anyone who's listening who might be in sales knows that it's very, very soul crushing. That's another great, besides being a server, if you want experience, especially with rejection and failure, get yourself a job in sales, you know, yeah. <laughs> cause that shit is soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I was, I was playing in, uh, in the banner and we were kind of, you know, on and off with stuff and, you know, we, you know, playing around locally. I think we did, uh, my last tour with them was in 2013 or 14. Um, but pretty much I, I knew I wanted to tour full time and I knew that if I wanted to be on the road and I wanted to start making money, like this is the avenue to do it. So that's kind of what I did. That's kind of what happened. You know, really the start of that was Summer Slaughter 2012 or 13 when I met, 13, yeah, when I met you guys was the start of me going full-time, talking 10 months out of the year on tour. So Right. So what was that year like for you? Like who, who were you out with? What were you doing? Before, well, kind of like to jump back a little bit, I'll say this to anyone who wants to get into touring, um, you get like everything else I said, you got to be willing to cut your teeth and you got to be willing to eat a lot of shit. Excuse my language. I'm going to try to stop swearing on yeah, you. Can curse as much as you want. I don't know if you saw Mark, uh, Mark's episode when he came on, he's like, can I say fuck? Just right off the bat. We're a cock or I don't know. I don't know. But yes, you can, you can say whatever you want. I mean, I had, yeah. I had Bill, I had Bill do a three hour for sure. Okay. Yeah. That was a great that was a great podcast. I couldn't believe it. Literally blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, so uh okay, so where were we? Oh yeah, into torrent. Anyone uh anyone who wants to start torn, you gotta you gotta eat shit. You gotta cut your teeth, you know, unless like like myself, like I was no I had no connections. Like I was I was just a dude in Jersey. Like I didn't know I didn't have any relatives, like I didn't have any anyone in my family or any of my friends like weren't really doing anything. And I realized like uh, I got to find something to get out there, you know? And I was doing like little runs here and there, like playing, and I was still working at venues. You know, I had jumped up at this point and I was doing gigs at like uh, Met Giant Stadium, which is now MetLife Stadium, a Prudential Center. And um, I, I, I like telling this story because it, it gives people like kind of a realization of what, you know, what happens. I got my first tour. I'm not going to name the artist, uh, but I got my first tour with like a big time artist uh, from the DC area. And I got fired the day before the tour <laughs> and I'm not going to name who it is, but, uh, I got, I was, I was booked to sell merch for a band on a six week national tour. And then the day before, you know, I called them up like, Hey, you know, cause it was started on the East coast and like, Hey, ready to go. And they were like, why don't you take a seat over there? You know, like we need to talk about this. And I got fired and that like literally I got, like, I didn't know what to do. I got fired before I even started. Like, I was like, this was it. This was like the big start. Like, now what do I do? You know? And I dove into that, like, you know, that dark place. And, and, uh, I went back to show production and, and, uh, 
I reared up um, that summer. You know, I was I was busting ass all spring, and that summer that I met you guys, um, a friend of mine was on the tour, uh, who I actually owe a lot to. Um, so Jesse, if you're listening, you know, thank you. <laughs> he was on the tour, and I forget why, but he had to he dropped off for one reason or another, and we were talking on Facebook, and I was like, dude. I, like, give me that gig. You know, I'll never forget. I was at the, the Hudson Pier in New York City <clears throat> working a gig. And uh, I was talking to, to this band and they were like, yep, it's yours if you want. It pays nothing. <laughs> but you can do it, you know, if you want to do it. Yeah. And uh, I took it. Yeah. And that was that was on that slaughter. So my first gig was with uh, the ocean from Europe, you know. So I, Robin, thank you as well for, you know, <laughs> giving, giving this guy the opportunity. Um, so I started there and, you know, when you first start out, it's so hard. Like, you know, you, you do that tour and you have a great time and maybe you make a few bucks and everything. And then you come home and what do you do? You know, like there's literally like, what do you, I had the same thing. It was like, just like I finished college again. I came home and I was like, okay, I want to go back out. Like, how do I do that? You know? Right. Um, so luckily from that tour, you know, if I can say anything to someone starting out on a tour, it'd be everyone is watching you at all times, whether you think they are or not, everyone is on there. Like, like I said, it's a small circle, no matter what genre you're working in. Um, so if you're acting like a clown, people are going to notice. And if you're busting your ass, people are going to notice. And I knew from the start, I was like, I'm in this to work. Like, I don't give a, I never gave a shit about like all that partying or any of that, you know, people treat tour like a vacation, and if you want to treat it like a vacation, it's going to end pretty quick. But if you want to treat it like a job and a career, you know, you can go really far. Um, so I was working on that tour for free and just busting ass every day, you know, came in with the best attitude. And dude, we were middle of the bill. Like, you know, right. uh, we would, come, we would roll in, you know, like I, and I was doing, I was doing everything for those guys, like driving the van. I would drive the van all the way in, then set up merch, sell merch, you know, and then wait for the guys to be ready and then drive overnight to the next city and do the same thing, you know, running on like three hours of sleep, whatever. <laughs> and every day I didn't care. I showed up, you know why? Cause I was doing the thing, man. I showed up to those venues every day. Like, Hey man, Oh, oh my merch spot sucks today. Okay. Whatever. You know? <laughs> and, uh, that's how, I, I ended up meeting Jeff Holcomb, yep. who, uh, by the way, has a fantastic, if you guys haven't heard the Jeff Holcomb podcast on chocolate croissants, you are missing out because that is literally one of my favorites, you know, to listen to. And I was thinking about it before. I think not only is Jeff's story great, but does he not have a great voice in yeah. terms of like listening? Dude, it was so, it's, his voice was like so soothing, you know, I, I was just yeah. like loud listening to that podcast. Yeah, yeah. so good. <laughs> Um, so, so luckily me and Jeff became friends and he's, you know, kind of the one who brought me in with you guys. So thank you. Thank you, Jeff. You know, but, um, I didn't know any of you guys. It wasn't like we were, we weren't homies or we didn't, you know, hang out every day. You know, Jeff was, you guys needed crew and Jeff said, Hey, this guy busts ass and he's a good dude and let's bring him on. You know? Yeah. And it's funny. You're right. I mean, everybody does watch. I, I don't even think I met you on that tour. Like, no, like we were just on different schedules. Like <clears throat> I don't even remember where we were in the bill, but I know that we were on different schedules and doing different things. You were at merch all day. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, in 
performing in one of the bands, so we didn't meet. But I did see you every day, loading in, loading out. I did see you interacting with Jeff. I remember seeing you like carrying the um, like the big. Uh, like I don't know what they're called, but the the, the the white like fence things that you hang. Oh, the on. racks. Yeah, yeah, the racks. Yeah, yeah, yes, the merch racks. <laughs> so, um, I did see you carrying those all the time, um, and uh, you know, I I just I don't know. We, I think everybody noticed you, but it wasn't necessarily. Um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, okay, cool. That that's that's Rosie. I didn't know you at all. Like I right. did not right. meet. And you're right, Jeff. Um, for the next tour, which was, I don't even remember what tour that was. What was next? Was this, this tour is personal, which was kind of like right after that. So, right. Okay. So, but were you doing, you were doing merch for us on that tour, right? Yeah. 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 And Jeff was, he jumped up to LD. That's right. So that's when Jeff jumped up to lighting director and then you started doing merch for us at the time. Yeah. Um, which was great because I mean, we got to know you obviously, um, what I love, what I, what I loved about that was that like one, I mean, you had a background in sales, you were good with people. Um, you were personable, you had a smile on your face every day. You, you're, you were right on with the numbers. So you're right. I mean, every bit of, of the profession, like every skill you needed for the profession was there. And it's interesting if you look back by selling merch at those venues, you learn how to sell merch. By being an assistant, um, you know, a, a production assistant, you learn about what is going on at the front and the back end of the venue. You learn how to settle merchandise. You learn the hustle of it, you know? Um, so I don't know. It just felt like you seamlessly integrated with us and you didn't, like, you didn't annoy anybody. You were straightened and, and like, um, to the point about things and, like, you just blended in really, really well, you know? Um, and then we also had our little side hustles, like, you know, <laughs> like, look, I mean, that's the thing. Like if you're in a band, you really don't make any money on tour. So you got to figure out other ways to, to do things. So whether that is like you and me selling used drumsticks that people want for memorabilia or signed drum heads or whatever it may be, um, you and I would figure out like our own deal, which we, which if you were still selling, we would do now Stash and I obviously do that. Um, but you know, I, I think it was interesting to see that you understood the whole thing. You understood the whole hustle. Yeah. But anyway, so we did how many tours together then with you doing merch? Was it just like, it was like only a couple. It, yeah, it was a few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think after that, you guys took like a little break and, uh, I went on to start working for animals as leaders. Right. And, um, I spent a pr- close to, uh, close to probably like a, a year cycle with Dillinger escape plan after that. Um, which is crazy because all three of you guys, you know, I started selling merch for each band and went on to, to tour manage each, each band, <laughs> yeah, <it was> awesome. <laughs> or do, you know, or whatever the job or guitar tech or, you know, even, uh, LD or something like for, I think I was LD for animals one summer, but, um, yeah, regardless, like, uh, you know, mer- a lot of people kind of like, 
I don't want to say put down or look down on like the merch position, but like, that's, that's like a, you're in, you know, man, that's, that's one of the, the ends. If you are looking to get out and you maybe don't have like a technical skill, you're not good at audio or lighting or guitar teching. And, you know, if you're personable and you're good with, with money and, uh, and you know, you can, you can talk to people like a, a lot of people a night, then they're like, there's your perfect in. And from there you learn whatever it is you want to do and go from there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, and then, I mean, I remember very clearly we were, uh, I think it was in 2015 was the first time you started tour managing us. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that is, hold on. I actually had the laminate like right here on my wall. Uh, I don't remember what tour that was, man. Was it Escape from the Studio? Escape from the Studio, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it was Escape from the Studio. Um, and that was the first tour where you were tour managing, and um, I think it all, I, I, don't, I don't even remember, like, who's, who said what first, but did you essentially say to Alex or to, to us or to management, like, hey, I want to tour manage? I, I think I'd mentioned it cause I knew I wanted to do it. You know, I wanted to do it, uh, since I was, I was a, you know, that was like one of the, when I was a kid and I didn't really have technical skills, I was like, if I'm not playing, I want to tour manage. And, uh, you know, what's crazy is someone who I work with now, you know, uh, if, if he's, if he ever listens, uh, is, is Biggie who, you know, too. Yep. And I saw him tour managing when I was a kid, man. Like if he came through with the stone pony with like every time I die or he did bleeding through and 18 visions and everything. I was like, that's literally saw him. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, met him. I was like, that's what I want to do. So I don't remember if I had talked to Alex or you guys or what happened, but it was kind of like a simultaneous, <laughs> you know, you brought it up at the same time I was kind of asking about it and it just worked out perfectly. And I actually really respect what you guys did because you gave me, you, you trusted me basically. You were like, okay, let's see, like, here's your opportunity. Let's see how you handle it. You know? Yeah. Well, we were self tour managing up until that point. And like, or Alex, I mean, let me, let me rephrase. Alex was tour managing us. Um, yeah. but it was very much a band effort. I mean, he was at the end of the night, he was, you know, settling and, um, he was, you know, getting into the venue early and talking to the, to, to the production people. But, you know, uh, it was a very, it was, it was very much so a band kind of self-managed thing where different people in the band had different roles and different involvement in that. And it's to, to a degree, it is still like that up into a point, but, right. but fast forward from 2015 to now, when we go on tour, it's like, Tour management, uh, uh, Rosie, uh, don't talk to us. We don't know shit. We don't want to. Yeah. We don't know anything. But it's good, man. Like you guys, you did it. Like from your earlier days in touring, like you know what it's like to tour without any crew. And you're like, okay, what you are going to do this, and you're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. You know, like. But it's you funny. Know. At some point, <laughs> we went from you know being like you know the band one of the bands that was playing and tour managing to literally being a bunch of musicians who are fucking babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of the goal, dude. Like, you know, that's not to be a baby, but like, you know, the goal is to, is you know, like your job as the musician, man, is to focus on, on the, on the drums, man. Your job is to focus on the set, you know? Right. And, 
it's good. Like if you get to that point as you, you succeed, if you can hire any crew as a band, that's like a huge accomplishment. That's an achievement, man. You've gotten to a point where you can physically pay someone else to do your job, you know, yeah. and it's well, not your job, but, um, a job that you would normally have to do. That's taking away from what you're really there to focus on. Oh man. I mean, it's like, I, I remember the first tour we did where finally we had, I think it was you, Jeff and Alex and Alex was like, you guys are not loading anything. Don't touch the gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop. We got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you worry about, yeah, you do your job on stage. We'll take care of everything else. And that's the goal is to, you know, make it so you don't like have to worry about anything except, you know, the time that you're on stage. Yeah. Which is, which is a huge accomplishment because as many young bands know and people listening, it's like when you do start touring for the first time, when you start playing any shows, you're doing everything. You're loading. You're oh, yeah. Up, you're tearing down. You're driving. I mean, you know, I remember the first tour we had a bandwagon. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were, fine, right? <laughs> yeah, we were still driving. Like, I, I, like, me and Alex were still driving. Driving, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but still, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all these huge milestones that you hit. But, um, yeah. But I think that's so, would you agree that it's so important to have that as a musician to like have to do all like eat, you know, eat all that shit and have to work your way up to it. So now does it make you appreciate those things more? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, personally, I, I, I probably have between me, Alex, Marquides and, um, you know, maybe Jake in the current lineup. I mean, we have the most driving hours you know, period. Like I, I drove so much in those first couple of years when we had the van and trailer, um, that now having a, a driver and a bus and being able to sleep at night and not worry about that is, um, it's pretty amazing. And you know, you don't take it for granted, but at the same time, like those were some of the best times touring that I still look back on. And like, I miss that. I miss certain aspects of that because, you know, it was like the late night conversations driving and you got your co oh, yeah. you're in, you're in the middle of, I don't know, New Mexico or Arizona and the sky is fucking like gorgeous and bright. You can see every star in the sky and it's just a good, it's good memories, you know? So, it is. Yo, for sure. Yeah. I'll never forget like my, one of my first tours driving, same deal. It's always through the desert, you know, it's always like yeah. you're driving the desert and it's like that third that second or third shift you know like 5 a.m 6 a.m and the sun's coming up and then you just have like this moment of clarity you know and it's all okay yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah those moments are are crucial you know and it's same thing with the camaraderie you know like those overnight drives where you're just like having deep conversation just to get to the next city you know like it's all it's all things that like yeah you, it just help build you you know as a musician yep and it, it, it those personal relationships it's funny um, people who don't tour may have a hard time understanding this, but, um, you know, I consider myself in so many ways closer to you and Alex, Jeff, and the, and the guys in the band than friends I've had my whole life. And, and I don't mean that as like a negative thing because it's a different kind of closeness that I have with my friends who I've known forever. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got, you got a lot of hours in small spaces, together you know oh, yeah. we've we've probably spent more time together in a short period of time than i've spent over years with friends of mine that i've known my my whole life yeah 
and it, and it's very situational too. Like I totally agree with you. It's not to put down people we've known for years because I feel the same way, you know. And you're in not only closed spaces, but you're kind of there. Like you have the same. <clears throat> you're like sharing a goal almost, and you're there, you know, to to put something on together. And uh, and not only that, but you get through all those good times together, and you get through like, you know, these laughably terrible times together you know like one of my memories with one of my favorite memories with you guys is being in asia at the airport like which i'm not gonna get into detail on but that i'll never forget that like a day in my life like you know wait, that which, like, like, wait, which, which which country and which airport and which i mean like seriously i don't know Every, every one. <laughs> Man, I'm going to say this. Yeah. For anyone like who's, who's starting a band, starting out traveling, the, the airport trips will be your most, some of your most memorable experiences for mostly for, for bad, but we can look back and laugh at it now, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, at the same time, um, and I don't want to, not to get sad, you know what I'm going to bring up, but like the, one of the most, um, I, I'll never forget. I'll never, ever forget. Um, when my dog Charlie passed away that night, that 24 hours was, uh, was like the worst 24 hours, 48 hours of my life. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, you were there for, you saw the whole thing. Um, and it, you know, the, I've told the story before, but it, you know, it happened while I was on this, um, ferry overnight it was like a 13 13 hour fucking ferry and there was nothing i could do it's um, literally the worst situation <laughs> it was awful and but i remember getting back in in the bus um and getting on the move and that's that was the first time that like in that period of time that i was just like alone and by myself and i remember getting into my bunk and just like losing it like i'd never ever ever lost it before. I mean, I'd never, um, I'd never lost someone or something so close to me, uh, and, and had no control over it. And you literally climbed in my bunk with me <laughs> and this, I'm not and like no homo, but like <laughs> you held me like a, 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 like a child. And I fucking like, I'll never forget that because at the time that's, I don't know. I guess that's what I needed. And that's what you felt you had to do. So the bond that you build in those situations is so much deeper than, than that of which you can build over a long period of time. When you go through things like that, you know, which happens all the time with people who tour, like people at home go through things and you can't be there, you know? Yeah. And you have to, you have to lean on the people the that people you are, around. are you know, for that support system. And when you're part of the same family and when you have the same goal, um, you know, you, 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 no pun intended, you band together. You yeah. Know? And, and that's a memory that I'll never ever forget. And that's a, that was a, a bonding moment between you and me. And really that whole week, that whole, that whole rest of that tour was, was such a, um, a, a, a fond memory in so many ways because everybody, came together to support me in that rough time, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was just such a different experience that I didn't really expect, you know? Um, so anyway, but, but um, so now let's, so let's fast forward a bit. So, you know, you've obviously worked with a ton of bands at this point. You've, you've been tour managing us since 2015, every tour we've been on with the exception of a few little trips here and there. Um, you've been like, 
the the fearless leader who has tackled everything head on and who has led the way. Um, and you've worked with a ton of other bands in different capacities since, whether it's guitar teching, whether it is uh, didn't, didn't you do monitors or weren't like weren't you doing like. I wouldn't by any means call myself a monitor engineer, but if, if by monitors, you mean, uh, you know, turning Tommy Rogers <laughs> levels one way or another, you know, um, but you've been a drum no, tech. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Any kind of tech like that drum tech, guitar tech, like any of that, you know, but, um, basically like whatever the job was, and this goes back to what I said earlier. Like if someone was like, Hey, there's this opportunity, uh, there's this tour, but you have to know this. I wouldn't go. I feel like too many people go, Oh, I don't do that. Oh no, I, I don't do that. I can't, I can't do that. You know, oh, you can't, I, you know what the answer is, Oh, you know what? I'm going to figure that out. Oh, the tour is in four months. Guess what? I'm going to figure that out. And yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. Right. Well, so, if, if you want that, if you, if you want to get to from point A to point B so badly, then you do whatever you need to do to get on that ship as it's moving. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's not to say like, if you absolutely in your heart don't want to, don't want to do it, I'm not telling you to just do it for the sake of doing it. <laughs> but someone in my situation, you know, I, I never rarely like, did I say no to a tour, you know, right. it's like uh, anything. Like I took the Rollins approach, you know, like, Oh, do you want to go here for this pay? Yes. Uh, you have to do this job and you get no sleep and you have to ride in a van. Yes. When do we leave? You know, right. totally. <laughs> so, so in that regard, yeah, there's nothing you can't learn and figure out. Okay. So here's a, here's a question. Um, obviously, and I would imagine, I, I know for a fact that you still have that mindset. Like if, if you weren't, uh, well, maybe not. And, and this is where we really catch each other up to speed on what's happening currently in our lives. Um, you know, at some point, the goal is not to just be ready to take whatever job gets thrown at you to get on tour. The, the goal is to be able to be decisive and in control over your career and the type of career you want. Right. Uh, that's step phase two, if you will. Phase, right. So <laughs> based on, based on, I mean, look, based on the fact that we had a call today um, about completely separate business that you were never involved in prior to, you know, as of late, you're obviously now getting into, I would imagine that phase too, where you are kind of deciding like what you want your career to be. Would you, so, so can, can you, I don't know if you want to, but like one, am I right? And two, like now at this point in 2018, when you look at what you're doing, do you finally feel like you're starting to create your own destiny in this business? I, I would say yes. And, you know, although I've been doing I may be like a different case subject than a lot of other people in, in the industry. Cause I know a lot, you know, especially like touring guys or venue guys, like they do one job for a long time and maybe you, you build up, you know, and you go to the next step and the next step and you're like, Hey, I made it, you know, and some, some guys don't, some guys stay at the same level until they either get burnt out and they want to quit. You know, uh, I wanted to literally, I never want to stop learning. Like I, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just that nature. Like I want to know as much as I can. I want to be like, uh, you know, like yourself, I love so many different 
different aspects of the business that like I want to know as much as I can and, and be able to do as much as I can in many different fields. Um, so I'm always still learning like this year for 2018, you know, I just took a, a, brand, a new job this year for a role that I've never had before. Um, well, I shouldn't say that I've done it, you know, not to this level, but, <clears throat> um, but it, the, you know, the goal is to, to learn and be able to conquer that and then just keep building, you know, like, and then whatever it is you want to do, you can go, you can, you have the knowledge and you can go do it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm kind of, I know like as a, as a person, I'm all over the place. Um, but I guess my, my point is, is, you know, there, is there really a point where you stop, you stop learning? Like when do you get to that point where you're like, Hey, I did this and I'm done, you know? Well, no, I mean, hopefully yeah. you never get to that point of yeah. learning. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I guess my question is, and even if it's not right now, um, what is the, um, what's the perfect career? for you in your mind? Like if you could, if you could, um, manufacture for yourself the perfect life and, and it doesn't have to be one thing, but it can be a balance. Yeah. Like what is, what is the perfect year, uh, look like for you? If you could, and it's a, it's a loaded question, but <laughs> what is the perfect year look like for you doing in, in this business? Um, I mean, if it was, if it was a while ago, I would have definitely said, you know, if I could get to the level of like, touring with bands that I love and I appreciate that family atmosphere at a huge level and I'm making good money. Like that's all I need. Like that's, you know, I'm happy with that. Um, now, you know, I'm kind of at the point it, things change, you know, um, where I'm at with my, my fiance, like I really want to, my, my goal, I guess, is to build something with her. You know, I'm always about like what, what can we do to get, we work so well together. You know, I, I kind of look at the big picture as like a successful year would be, what did we do? You know, how much ass did we kick, you know, make some good money. Money is going to come and go, you know, you make some good money, but like, are you proud of the, whatever you accomplished? Like, are you proud of the product? If it's a show you put on, are you proud of that show? If it's a tour you did, are you proud of that tour? If it's, uh, you know, if you're playing, are you proud of what you played? You know? So my goal is, is can we look back at this year next year and look at all the, the shows and the touring we've done and be proud of it, especially that we did it, you know, together. So, right. I don't know that, that is kind of vague answer to your question, but you know, with no, somebody, it's a, it's a good answer because it's, I mean, it speaks to to who you are, and it, I think it speaks to where you come from too. It's not necessarily about like the specific jobs that you're doing in the moment. It's about the big picture. Did we provide a good experience for the people? Did we kick ass at doing that job, whatever it may be? Did the people we work with have a good experience too? And if you can look at that, great. And so. Um, as I as I mentioned to you before we started, there's a lot of questions that we get um, in the Chocolate Croissants Facebook group, which for those listening, if you're not familiar, um, you can check out the group at facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Um, and I posted in there a, a couple of days ago um, that you would be the guest and we got a whole bunch of questions. So I wanted to, I wanted to actually address one of those questions because um, you kind of touched on it. And um, I think it's an interesting one, considering your situation. Um, so the question comes from Bruce Palmer. He said, here's a quick one. What's your advice for maintaining a relationship while 
often being on the road. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of answers for most people who, who, uh, don't have the situation that you have, but maybe, maybe, you know, you could talk about your situation a little bit as comfortable as you are doing so. Right. Right. And for sure, you know, and I'm, I consider myself like one of the luckiest, you know, luckiest people in our line of work, uh, because that, that is a good question. Um, Bruce, was it? Yes, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, yeah, that is a great question and one that, you know, I think a lot of guys, especially who, who work guys and, and gals who work on tour, you know, it's it's an issue that they deal with the most. And kind of to, to loosely answer your question first, um, you know, I feel like you literally, like, you 100% have to be on the same page with your partner. I feel like that's where things really fall apart. You have to have an understanding, you know, of each other and what you do and how it is. And you have to look at your goals too, you know, like maybe if you don't really want to work and don't really want to tour and you're more invested in your, your, your girlfriend, then find another, maybe you find another job. Maybe you come off the road, you know, but if you're dead set, you know, and you just want to get out there and work, you have to be on the same page. You have to trust each other. You have to be able to commit to each other, you know, and I know that's all like, maybe, you know, maybe there's no, there's no real secret is what I'm trying to say. It's like the fundamentals of a relationship, but it's so much harder, you know? And, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I said, I feel like the luckiest person because, um, as you know, you know, I met my fiance on tour. Um, and we both, you know, we still work together to this day. Um, and it's just like the best thing it was, she's literally not only the best thing that's ever happened to me, but the fact that we completely understand each other and we're always on the same page and we just want to see each other succeed. You know, those are qualities that, you know, that, that make it so much like more fulfill, fulfilling, so to speak, you know? For sure. So it's, yeah, it's a tough question to, to really answer because it sounds easy. You know, it's like, well, you got to trust each other. You know, you gotta, you gotta respect each other. You have to respect, you know, boundaries and you have to, you know, have great communication and all of that. But at the end of the day, like if it's going to fall apart, it's because, you know, it's, it, it, it just is, right? you know? So how do you, I mean, how would you, how would you feel that? No, I mean, I think I don't want to be cliche, but yes, you just have to have great communication. I think you have to set expectations. Um, for me, something that was awesome with my relationship, um, on this last tour that we did was being able to bring Natalie out on the road and show her what we do day in and day out, because it demystified a lot of the questions that I think most people in a relationship with someone who tour may have about the day-to-day lifestyle. Um, so, so having that experience where I can say, look, this is really what it's like. This is, it's not just like, as you said, it's not a vacation. It is fucking hard work and everybody does their part to, to, to put on that show. And it is starts early in the morning and it goes late at night and it's a hard job. And and everybody on that level, on the level that, that, that we're touring at takes it very seriously. So, um, you know, communicating, bringing that person into the fold, letting them see what's going on. I think that's a, that's a huge piece of it. Um, and then of course, all the things you said, being respectful of the relationship, having your boundaries, wanting the other, you know, wanting each other to succeed. That's what it's about, you know? Um, and, and hopefully you, uh, 
you, you, you can be with somebody who respects what you do, as you said. So, right. Right. And I think it all goes back to like just being on the same page, you know, and you know, pretty quick, um, like if you're not on the same page in a relationship, you know, if there's, there's these like issues that reoccur and really make you question things, you're not on the same page and you need to either get on the same page one way or another, whether it's, you know, you changing, you know, what you do or you changing your relationship, you know, but it's, it's never easy. It's never, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough for, you know, for everyone. Definitely. And at the end of the day, I think what you're saying and, and kind of the shift gears slightly, um, you know, you can do this and, and you can have a fulfilling life. Um, you know, you have found happiness in your relationship. You found happiness in your career. You've absolutely worked your ass off doing what you do, but you're doing it on your own terms because it's exactly what you want to be doing. And that in your eyes, and I think hopefully in a lot of people who do this job in their eyes, that is success. And success is different for everybody. Um, I think if you have these lofty goals of being a musician and, um, you know, making millions and millions of dollars and living in the big house with the fast cars and the hot chicks and all this crap. Like if that's what you want to do through music, like, you know, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. To you. Yeah. The kind of touring that we do and the kind of work that we do doesn't really, it's just not that that's not reality. It's just, not, that's not what you should be striving for. Um, you should be working because you love your job. Um, and willing to work your ass off because you love what you're doing. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I think it for sure does, you know, and, and I, how you can tell, you know, you know, in your heart, like if you, if what's not for you and what's for you, you know, and that corny phrase, like, uh, if you, what is it like? If you do what you love, it's, you never are actually working, you know, but I do, I feel that way, man. Like when I'm out, you know, with you guys, like, and it's like a family atmosphere. I don't, I, it doesn't even like, all the work and all the stuff, like it doesn't really feel like work because I, I love, you know, I love it so much. So, you know, like pretty quick when you get out there, if, uh, if it's for you or not in any job, whether it's on tour or not, you know, you can pretty much figure out like, okay, this is not for me. I got to figure something out or, you know, when the passion's there, it's, it's just there, you know? Yep, definitely. So I want to, I want to dig into a couple other questions here from the group. Um, so, uh, let's see. Tyler Capelli is asking, have you noticed a universal discipline or school of thought that quote unquote successful artists or individuals seem to share and identify with either personally or professionally in this line of work? Um, I think we actually touched on a lot of that earlier, you know, like to me, uh, and I know I don't want to sound too redundant, but anyone that, successful at any facet of this music industry is, is, uh, they have drive, they drive, you know, they have passion. They're not afraid. They're not, you know, my, my father-in-law always says, you can't be afraid to step up to the plate, you know, and take a swing. And I think that kind of sums it up. Like anyone who is where they are, they got up to the plate and they, they took a swing, you know? So you can't be afraid to do that. And you notice like that's, that's for the most part, 
the trait that goes around. And yeah, there might be some people, uh, what, you know, what's the word <laughs> that they used to say in the industry, like nepotism, uh, something about like, you know, nepotism running rampant or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you'll run into that too, where there's people just like there because they're there, you know? Right. But for the, <laughs> for the most part, anyone, you look at someone and they, those are, those are the traits they have. Like they, they had, they, they didn't sit on their ass, you know, they didn't sit on their ass. They weren't afraid to take a risk, you know? It's, uh, it's, if you're afraid to take a risk, then th- th- this industry is not for you anyway. <laughs> you know, sorry, that's harsh to say, but if you can't, you know, if you're afraid to, to just like take a leap of faith and, you know, go get a, go get a job in sales, you know, they're hiring. Trust me. I know they're hiring. <laughs> they're definitely hiring. Um, yeah. Okay, so another question. Um, I, I still want to touch on that, though. I'm curious what you think, because I, I almost touched on personality a little bit more, but I feel like that might be too broad, because we know people you know, who are successful, who have completely different, uh, complete ends of the personality spectrum. So do you think that plays a part? And if so, you know, what are those, what are the personality traits? I mean, personality, everybody's different. Um, You have to be able to be around people. You know, and I said this before, because you're constantly working with others. Um, So either you need to, I think there's two things, or really three. There's three combinations. Either you are fucking brilliant at your job, and that's good enough. And at the same time, you just shut your mouth and you keep quiet and you really don't interact with people, but you show up every day on time, you're punctual and you do your job really well. We know people that are like that on tour. They're not the most talkative. um, They're not the most friendly necessarily, but they are fucking good at what they do and they work hard. Um, Then you have the people who have the combination of being amazing at their jobs and they're great to be around. Um, and, uh, and you couldn't ask for more. And then you have people who I think who do make it in the business. They may bounce around, whether it's different bands or different jobs, but the reason that they keep getting tours and keep getting taken out is because they are so easy and fun to be around and they work hard. may not be the best at their jobs, but they're learning. They're trying to get better, but they're great to be around. You know, right. and we know tons of people that that are like that. Maybe they're just starting off, and eventually they'll get to that point. And that's you know that's the thing. Like that's where I think new people in the industry have a big opportunity. Even if you're not as great at the job itself, um, if you are awesome to be around. If you're just a good person, you're a good hang. You understand um, self awareness. You understand like common sense, I think you can get a job and then grow into the skill. Oh yeah, for sure. But if you're just starting out and you have an amazing skill, uh, but you're a shithead, you're probably, (laughs) you're probably not going to get hired as no matter how good you are, you know? Yeah. That, uh, that remind we just watched that documentary on Netflix. I forget the name of it, but all about all the guitar, like the musicians for hire, Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, they go through all them, uh, you know, some great musicians and they touch on that. So, so vividly, like, you know, you, it's, there's a million people who can do the job. It's like, a lot of it is about like being someone personable that, you know, people want to be around and that brings, you know, a positive outlook, you know, uh, because if you're just like a crusty bitch, like there's someone else who can do that job. You know, (laughs) I don't care what it is. There's someone, no one wants to be around you. No one's going to, you know, no one's going to want to hire you. 
Absolutely not. And, you know, personal hygiene is always a good thing, too. <laughs> yeah, smell good, guys. Um, yeah. You know, but it's deodorant. It's cheap. It's like a dollar a stick or something. Yeah, do, do your best. Yeah, take a shower. Brush your teeth. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Eh? Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so uh, the question I was getting to before was from I- Iman. I think that's how you pronounce it. O'Connell. He asks, hey, Matt, what are the biggest challenges to overcome when managing a band on tour? Um, and I think part of that is personalities, like to manage ego and that manage personality. Would you say that there is anything in particular that you've encountered more than anything? I would say the biggest challenge is being able to, I'd say critical thinking, you know, and being quick about it is, is the biggest challenge and the biggest personality trait to, to work on, you know, because if you, if you can think quick, it doesn't matter what the issue is. Like if you have, if you have a good clean answer, like pretty soon, then it's going to make the world a difference. Then if you let things kind of stew, but yeah, I'd say the same thing, like, you know, personalities, you know, and like we touched on before, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's all putting out fires, but what I'm trying to touch on is like, how, how quickly can you make, you know, critical decisions? Right. That's it. It's not one thing in particular. It's not like, cause it could be anything. It could be, you know, you're, you know, you start off the day with, uh, you know, your tire blows out you got to figure that out. And then you get to the venue and your, your hands have called out or something, or they're not, you know, they're not capable of doing the job. And you've got a guitar player who doesn't feel good. And you're, yeah, you know, a drummer, who's called you, a drummer who's calling you from home. who's got to fly out to a show. Who's also, who also has food poisoning at the same drummer. time poisoning flying out the day of the show you know right. uh and then it's this and it's that and then like maybe you know your you know your front of house board blows up or anything you know you just have to be able to literally like figure it out on the spot and it's it's not one thing it's like a million little things and how you handle them yeah uh, and it's all just like working kind of under that that pressure you know it's like dominoes because to, not only do you have to handle the situation but you have to manage the um the expectations and then the the impact that any one of those situations can have on multiple people that are involved and we've seen this oh, happen yeah. a million times where like you know something goes, something happens and it starts with you and then it trickles down and somebody else hears about it and then they freak out and then they tell someone else. Next thing you know, it is like a giant tour problem. Like everybody on the tour is concerned about this one little thing that probably just didn't need to get, but that happens. I mean, it's just, it's how it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, seen that happen plenty of times. <laughs> uh, that happens, man. You know, you like, you know, when you're on tour, like everyone wants to know what's happening at all times. So like little things can like snowball pretty quickly. If you don't keep them contained, Dude, it's the fire, man. The fire is going to spread if you don't keep it contained, you know? Right. So, so no matter what that fire is, like put it out pretty, pretty fucking quick and you'll be okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that answers that question. Great. Because that is the biggest challenge is, you know, <clears throat> there's always going to be fires. How do you put it out quickly without the, without, you know, or, or with minimal damage, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's cool. And it's funny. So like, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of questions here, but for the most part, <clears throat> I really do think that just naturally in our conversation, you answered most of them, you know, people asking about how you got started in the business, right, right. <clears throat> what, you know, what, what failures you may have endured, um, oh. 
you know, so many, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 so many, yeah, daily basis. But I mean, I, I think we talked about that stuff. Um, as as we, we should probably wrap up here. But as we wrap up, is there anything else that you wanted to to dig into or share about either what you're working on or you know whatever? I mean, is there anything else that you want to talk about um, that are that are that the chocolate croissants audience could benefit from that we haven't really touched on. Um, I don't know, man. Do I have anything to play? Is this the plug? Plug? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. By all means. <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't, uh, have anything too much to plug, but, um, I, I am working on for anyone interested, um, a new musical project. So, you know, anyone who's, who's a musician who wants to work too, you, I don't, you know, I know it's discouraging, but you can always play, like you can always play no matter what. And, uh, you should never be discouraged if like you're, you're younger and you're out of school and you're like, well, my band's not taking off. Like, so what do I do? You know? So and if you love music, like get a job in music and keep hammering at the music at the same time. You know, it, it, I always, I said on the last podcast I did, like in the, the core of it and you can agree or disagree, but like, you know, music is <clears throat> to be made with your, your, the, with your friends. You know, it's the thing you do with your friends. If you love it, it's going to come organically and you're just going to do it. You're not going to care if you're getting paid or, you know, you don't do it all. You know, bands to, to form a band just to like fold into the machine. It's not going to work, you know, because people are going to figure you out and your heart's not going to be in it. You know, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, so never yeah, never stop playing. So yeah, the band is called uh, The View of the Life, um, which came about, uh, I had a, a brief stint um, playing guitar for Senses Fail about a probably a year, year and a half ago. And uh, after I left, me and the guitar player just formed like this super tight, you know, when you, you have someone that you play with and you just click so well. Yes. You know, he was like that dude. There's been very few people like that in my life, like just a handful, you know, like um, a few guys in Jersey, you know, and then really like this dude, you know, this dude, Jason, like he gave me these demos after I left, left the band and I just put it off and put it off and didn't want to, you know, wanted nothing to do with it. And then I listened to him and I was like, Oh my God, this is so, I was so stoked to get, you know, to get back into playing, you know? Cause like when you go from playing and directly into not playing, you kind of go through like, you know, another dark period where you're like, Oh, I guess I'll go back to uh, tuning guitars for other people, you know? <laughs> um, but I was so stoked. I was all rejuvenated, you know, and I, and we got together. He was out here in LA at the time and I'm down here in Orange County. And, uh, I literally had, haven't had that much fun playing in a long time. You know, when you just click with someone and if you find that, like the, that person or those people out there, like just do it for no other reason than you just love to play, like just, just work with them because good things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, we kind of developed this, this EP that we just put out that our, our friend, uh, Des good tiger, uh, helped us, you know, with the mix and master and, uh, it came out and it was, it was great. So, uh, you know, you could check that out on anything, Spotify, Apple music, Bandcamp. it's all free. You know, we just, did it to, to make some good good tunes with uh with our friends so and it's called the view the life is it <laughs> view the, the view, it's the yeah. view comma the life technically the view comma the life it's a reference uh and you know no one's really asked yet and i kind of wanted to, to touch on this too not one person has asked where we got the name from so where uh, is it from? 
so, you know, and, and it's been general positive response. No one's like questioned it. Maybe, I mean, maybe they just don't, they're being polite, you know, <laughs> maybe behind their back, you know, I think, like, I think people don't. are just they, like, they stopped wondering why a band names a band, what it is. <laughs> well, there's no, more, dude, are there, there's no more, I'm convinced there's no more good band names out there. Yeah. Like uh, well, they're taken, they're done. Good luck. Yeah. If you've got one, keep that in the bank. Like, you know, whatever you have to do to hold on to make a band, even if you're not ready yet, just to get the name, you know, because um, there's bands that I, I love and I'm not at all just like talking shit on them right now. But there's bands I love that took me forever to check out because their name was terrible. You know, <laughs> okay, so if you could pick one band with the with the best name doesn't mean you have to like them, but just like the best fucking name. Uh, I mean, there's a lot with the best name, you know, there's, there's a lot of good names out there, but they're already like, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, if you have like, just a good name is just like crisp and good. I think we've talked about this before. The, the two, there's two right now that stand out to me. Okay. Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. You said that last time we had this. Yeah. <laughs> and Gojira. Gojira is a good name. Yeah. Um, Mastodon. I honestly think I think uh, one of the best band names out there is is Muse. Oh, Muse is literally that's yeah. dude. It's like they they won on that front. They, their band could suck and they'd still get away with it, but they're awesome. So they won on every front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one is just perfect. And there's like other obscure ones that are pretty. Like I think Deftones is probably like oh, one of yeah. the coolest names. You know. Yes. Um, as I'm looking up, <laughs> looking up at my wall for some <laughs> some ideas here, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah. Anyway, there's like this this barrage of bands that are just like I can't figure out where they're getting the names from, and well, and they're so good. So, oh, oh, do you want to do the other side of the, no, <laughs> the no, coin? Where is where is where does the view the life come from? So I always wanted to reference like older punk bands, you know, and I I was aiming actually originally for a Nirvana reference somewhere. I wanted to sprinkle that in. Couldn't really do it successfully. Like it's been done. Couldn't do it. And uh, one of my favorite bands uh, for probably the last ten years is a, a band from Massachusetts called Polar Bear Club, who to me was like one of the most underrated bands in the genre. Like they just did it all. Like their their songs were a hit. They had like the punk rock ethics, like everything. You know, it just like the imagery, the lyrics. Like they had it all. Um, so they came out with an EP probably like in the mid two thousands called the view, the life. And like, just like the name and the lyrics, you know, to those songs just like stuck with me so hard that I just wanted to, it's really like an homage to, to them and what, you know, they've done as far as inspiring me. Um, but no one's really asked, I guess, you know, we got away. It's not like that popular, you know, we had a few other names we were messing around with, but you know, you don't want to do anything too close and, you know, it's not like you can really <clears throat> just name your band after a book or a movie anymore because, you know. Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> Casino. <laughs> right. No, but that's great. I mean, it, at least there is a, a real good direct answer yeah, yeah. to that question. Um, yeah. Because we both know that there are so many bands who just pick a name because it's like, it makes sense or it's like one word or it's, it, well, yeah. You know. Well, you know, names, so, uh, yeah, how about, uh, tables and chairs? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's like, there's some, just, <laughs> there probably is a band called tables that I'm I guarantee there is. Yeah, you know? They're definitely a jet band. Um, <laughs> But, uh, no, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
Uh, oh man. Well, so, okay. So what's next? Like what is directly next for you right now? Uh, this year? Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know if I can really, you know, talk too much about it because some of it's not announced, but, um, I'm now working literally like with my entire, I know I say literally too much and Kelsey tells me I got to stop doing it, which is true. You know, I, I do, I get to work with my family every day. I work with my, you know, my soon to be wife and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. Um, and it's fantastic. You know, we put on some of the, literally the, there, I did it again. <laughs> uh, some of the, the coolest shows across the country in uh, all different genres. So it's, it's always something new and fresh and it's, it's awesome getting to work with, you know, uh, people you love and respect. And I think it's like a rare thing, you know? So I really feel like I've, uh, you know, I've got like a rare, I got like a, you know, I, I won in that well, sense. And, and, and you know what, I, I will say it. I'll, I'll, you know, not that my endorsement means anything, but it's certainly not nepotism. It's, um, it's hard earned on your part. And, um, I do think you should be proud of what you're accomplishing because the opportunities that you're getting aren't coming for any other reason than the fact that you do consistent, good, hard work. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I, I've seen it, I've seen it evolve to a point where like, I remember when, when the first tour you tour managed us, I was like, I don't know if he's cut out for this. I'm not really sure. I know, you know, like, no, I don't, I don't know. I was pretty cocky. Like, uh, that's cause I wasn't a big enough dick at that point. You were, you were the <laughs> I was tour manager in the world. And now, um, you know, well, one, I, I, like I definitely, um, I definitely had enough gut checks of my own uh, to knock me off my pedestal that I was on, um, which is a good thing to be knocked down from that. And then two, um, yeah, you 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 uh, you realize that you can sometimes be a dick, and it's awesome when you are. I love I love <laughs> when you uh, when you turn that on only when it's deserved. Like when you need yeah. to to be that way, like it's great. But most of the time you're not. Most of the time you are even keeled. You are calm and cool. Everybody loves to work with you. Um, but I love that when it's time to not be nice, you now have the, um, the switch that you easily turn on. Yeah, you have to, you know, and when you're young and like to anyone who just gets like an entry level job, like you tread pretty lightly, you got to figure everything out. You got to figure out who you want to be and what, you know, kind of person you want to be in that role, whatever role it is. And, uh, you know, as you get up, you know, you go on and you get better at it, you kind of figure out and you watch other people and you figure out what works and what kind of, you know, what kind of person you want to be. And, and that's kind of what, you know, you know, that was the same way I started off and treaded so lightly. It was like, uh, uh no, no, you know, <laughs> well, you had us telling you every single day, Hey Rosie, you can be more mean. You can tell us. <laughs> you know? Then, you know, you, then you kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I never wanted to be like, the, you know, ever since I was young, I never, we're, we do, we do, and we have an awesome fucking job, man. We do what we love. Like you shouldn't have to, and I know you do have to be a dick and you have to be mean sometimes, but like, dude, you know, my old, my first production manager, when I was a kid, what are you laughing at me on? Because I'm going back into story and story and no, story. No, 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 no. Story. I'll wrap it up. I gotta wrap it up. I gotta I'm just laughing at, and I don't even think I saw this, but I remember, I think it was in San Francisco, right? Like you're standing outside with Alex or somebody. And I don't, I don't even know the story, but apparently someone came up to you and asked a question and <laughs> you were just, I don't know. I don't, it was the end of the day and you were just kind of like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> 
I don't know if you remember that. I remember that. That was insane. I think that was in like the the Fillmore, the region in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I literally. It sounds terrible because I can't remember the context. Uh, yeah, I remember hearing that and just being like, man. Rosie has toured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And when I when I started, I worked with a lot of people, you know, from the New York, you know, the New York production scene, and they're they're real, you know, they're some of the best in the world, and they're they're real, they're hard, and they're they're tough, you know, tough people. And uh, they were doing a show on nine eleven at the the base of the towers. There was a pavilion down there, and they were putting on a show. And uh, you know, after that. Anytime there was an issue, and we're talking years later, you know, years later, you know, they'd say, we're not curing cancer. We're putting on rock and roll shows, you know, and I really feel like it takes and that really like hit me hard, you know, thinking about people who are in that position, you know, who saw such tragic events like that. And you think like, that's, that's why I never really lose my cool that much because we're putting on rock and roll shows, man. We're like, you know. We're pretty much living the dream. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Get the job done without an attitude, you know? Like, people want to come in and, you know, to anyone who thinks that, like, oh, I got to go in and swing the dick around, it's like, yeah, you do have to do that sometimes, but, like, no one's going to want to work with you if you act like that, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, I couldn't agree more. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, for me, that's a good place to wrap up. Um, unless again, if there's something else that you want to talk about, um, we typically go about 90 minutes, um, with these podcasts because typically our listeners just, uh, (laughs) that's about it. Yeah. yeah. We learned our our lesson with Bill. If they listen after five minutes of, of hearing my annoying voice, then I'll be really impressed. <laughs> well, I'm used to hearing your voice. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but if you can, Rosie, when you get a chance, um, check out the Facebook group. Um, like I said, it's facebook.com slash group slash shopping for sons. If you have time, which I know you're busy, um, join it because people like you'll see a thread. I posted a picture of you. There's questions in there. If you want to, by all means, feel free to answer any of those questions. I bring that up because um, when I posted that you were going to be the guest, Misha and Jake, who are members of the group, hopped in and they were like, we love Rosie. Rosie, woo, my Rosie. Um, so they're in there too. But, you know, I think people may want to ask you questions off the record. And that's yeah, a good sure. place to do it. Um, so if you have time, check it out. Um, and then... Yeah. Otherwise, I know you and I will be in touch um, soon anyway, because there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. And oh yeah, um, there always is. But yeah, is, is, is there anything else you want to hit? <clears throat> no, no. That, that was yeah. That was that was good. That was a pleasure, man. You know, unless you want to, unless you want to keep riffing, I don't have any crazy fucking. I don't have any bill stories. No, <laughs> so okay. can you really go there? No, we don't need to go. We have take something up if you want. No, people can go back and listen to uh, the episode with Wild Bill Oberander anytime they want. Um, no, and I should be able to. Uh, so, for those who don't know, Rosie is out on the West Coast in right outside Los Angeles, and then I'm on the East Coast in Baltimore, um, and I'm catching a flight at uh, at six a.m. tomorrow. So, I should probably wind down. I've been getting the hairy eyeball from the lady for a little bit now. Like, let's wrap this up. So, I'm gonna go. But um, thank you, Rosie. I I really appreciate it. Um, I'll follow up with you just to get things uh, going, and then. Um, with this episode and then we'll talk soon for sure. But yeah, thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Um, as always, we really appreciate all of you guys. If, uh, if 
this is the first time listening to us, thank you. Um, just so you know, Rosie, this is episode 45. We, this is our 45th episode. Um, so if, if you are a first time listener, you can go back and listen to 44 other episodes um, if you want to. And we kind of cover all different kinds of, of topics and talk to all, all sorts of different kinds of people. But um, we're lucky to have some great connections and great friends and great guests who have been willing to share. And Rosie, you are no different. Uh, I think people will really take a lot away from what you said today. You are the perfect example of someone who didn't have the connections, who didn't know anyone, who grew up in just kind of a small town and then is now doing the job that you love. So it is possible, and I think people will be able to take that away. And I hope that I've through this conversation, we've both been able to extrapolate that those points for them. So thank you for being so open and willing to share. I appreciate it. And thank you to, thank you, thank you to Kels for lending us your time for an hour and a half. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. All right. Well, Rosie, I'll, uh, I will talk to you tomorrow and, uh, or sometime this week and then we'll go from there. But, um, I'm going to hit stop on this recording, but hang tight for a second and we'll, we'll say our goodbyes. But, um, yeah, Thank you very much, everybody, for listening and shopping for Sotland. Um, you'll hear the outro, our normal outro, in a second uh, from either Jordan or Justin. And we will see you guys next week with episode 46. See ya. Yes. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Matt. Jordan here once again. Episode 45. This is the outro. Uh, I'm actually using the Rode NTUSB mic, R-O-D-E dot com. Uh, this morning I did the intro from my apartment. Right now I'm doing it in between lessons from my music studio. And what a great episode. Uh, I'm saying that not having listened yet to the past or the last 30 minutes, but I'm looking forward to it. Trusting that from what I heard in the first hour, it'll be just as engaging and inspiring. Uh, man, Rosie, what a guy. I really am now interested in, in meeting him and connecting with him. Uh, and again, regret not being part of the conversation. But the amazing thing is, is that the hour and a half that Matt and Rosie just recorded together will live forever on the internet, as will this intro and every word that comes out of my mouth right now. That is weird. Nata Tattoo, they are the sponsor this week. N-A-T-A-T and the number two dot com. Check them out. Uh, they have all kinds of great uh, all organic, all natural products uh, for your tattoo care. Uh, chocolate 25, that's the checkout code, all caps, chocolate by the numbers, followed by the numbers 25 at checkout. You, you can probably tell I'm rushing through this. I got some more students coming in about 10 minutes. Um, Nata Tattoo, chocolate 25, 25% off uh, anything in their web store. Uh, on Instagram as well, at Nata Tattoo. Uh, speaking of Instagram, the Chocolate Croissants Instagram page just passed a thousand people, thousand followers, right? I guess that's what they use on Instagram. Uh, that is really cool. Uh, if you haven't followed us yet on Instagram at Chocolate Croissants Podcast, that's where we are on Instagram. And hey, the three of us, Matt, Justin, and myself, are on Instagram as well. You can follow us at Matt Periphery, at Justin Blake Goodman, or at Jordan Beatwell. 
And the Facebook group, that's another thing too. Facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. Uh, that is where you can engage with over 1,600, I think, people from all over the world. It's a private group, asked to be included. We will accept you. And it's private for a reason, and that's so we can build a really engaging, inclusive, and supportive community. That is what we have been doing for the past 45 weeks. And as I often say, it has been the most rewarding part of this chocolate croissants project. Uh, Finally, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts from, you can subscribe to Chocolate Croissants. Uh, Just open up the search feature, type in Chocolate Croissants, and that is where you can subscribe to the Chocolate Croissants audio uh, late Sunday night into early Monday morning. If you are asleep and connected to Wi-Fi, every episode will automatically download. That way, when you take the commute to work or you're listening in the gym or wherever you may be, you don't have to use your data to listen to each week's episode. Uh, Also, at iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review Uh, And I know I just gave you like six different call to actions. Uh, Hey, maybe choose two. And if you can follow through with that, we would be very, very grateful. Uh, As always, we're grateful just for your attention, honestly. Uh, It is a privilege to have your attention uh, for this episode or even every week. Uh, but also every day in the Facebook group. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, that is the way to engage with us and this culture and community every single day. Facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. I'm going to stop pitching things to you uh, and I'll see you in the Facebook group. All right, we hope you have a great week. We will be back next Monday morning with episode 46. What we're going to do, I don't know. I'm going to be in Florida most of next week. Uh, I think Matt and Justin are going to be around in Baltimore. We'll figure something out, but uh, we'll be in the Facebook group. We're on Instagram, and uh, we will see you in your podcast app of choice, in your headphones, in your ears, next Monday morning with episode 46. Until then, thank you. We love you. And, ah, fuck, in the Facebook group, I said I was going to do this really awkward bye-bye with our guest. I wasn't even on this episode. So, uh, man, fuck me for that, right? But next time, I got you guys. That's our secret. Um, But, hey, I got a live mic now, and until then. Bye-bye.